0: Thank you for joining us on the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you little secrets for your big breakthrough. This podcast is designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations about the issues that matter most to you. Now, let's get started.
1: Hello, Overcoming Monday listeners. Welcome to episode 63 of the Overcoming Monday podcast. The purpose of this season is to pro- provide you with a resource for learning how to read the Bible. And in case you haven't already heard, because we feel like this is a great resource, Clayton King Ministries will be producing this as a video series with extra online materials. We're actually in the process of creating a resource website where you can access this teaching series, so be sure to subscribe to our CKM email list to receive updates and information about when they will be released. I hope you guys have already tried to tackle the wonderful, powerful, but also complicated world of the Bible, but if you're new to the Bible or have been reading it for a while, I think this episode is going to be very helpful for you. When I was little, I remember learning Bible stories in church, and some of them were accurate, um, but others seemed like over-glorified and oversimplified compared to the real thing. So today I've brought into the studio with me my friend Jess Brock so that we can kind of talk about what this means and what this looks like, how to actually read the Bible and not oversimplify it and not over-glorify The stories
2: themselves. Hey Jess, welcome to the podcast. Hey, I'm so thankful to be joining you today. It's Mm -hmm. such an honor um, and a joy to be talking about this because this is a journey I feel like I've been on um, even just recently and I've been a believer for a few years. I mean, a few years as in a lot of years. (laughs) I got saved when I was very little and now I'm 35. So, Mm -hmm. um, this journey of discovering how to read the Bible is very near and dear to my heart because I'm on it, and it's something I want to talk about. So thank you for having me. You're welcome. So when you were little, what are your memories
1: of reading the Bible, and I know I was saying a little bit how it seemed like they were over-glorified, oversimplified stories, and sometimes it's easy, especially for Old Testament stories, to become that because Mm -hmm. they seem so unbelievable. I think sometimes they become fictional maybe in our mind. Oh, yeah. Um, Until we start reading it, man, when you really dig into the Bible, you start seeing the flaws of the people, Mm -hmm. how they messed up, and then you see how God is the one that kind of stepped in and <laughs> corrected things a little bit. Right. Um, what was your experience as far as when you were little? Did they seem?
2: Did stories seem believable to you? Um, I felt very disconnected um, from definitely the Old Testament, and I think a lot of that had to do with my lack of understanding that Jesus was from the beginning. I had this like com- like compartmentalized view of Scripture of that was like the Old Testament was when God was really angry (laughs) and there's some crazy stories in there that are very hard to like understand because I didn't understand cultural context. I didn't understand, um, you know, just ancient history. There's so many layers that you really need to understand to get the story or even just how um, a lot of Jewish authors – don't tell you the details mm-hmm. on purpose. And that was like frustrating. Um, and so now um, when I look at specifically the Old Testament, I look through a lens of what do I see um, God doing here? What am I learning about his character? And less focusing on the crazy stories mm-hmm. and the character flaws of the people and like the things that are actually terrifying when you read them mm-hmm. um, that feel like they have no hope. So um, before we get into this podcast a little bit more,
1: I uh, realized I didn't ask you to introduce yourself. So <laughs> just um, we're just so familiar and we love each other. And so yes. sometimes I forget that some of you out there are like, who is Jess? So this is Jess Brock. And I'm just going to give her a minute to
2: introduce herself to you guys. <laughs> Um, yes, I'm Jess Brock. I am from Anderson, South Carolina. I live with my husband, Justin, and we have two kiddos, um, Emory and Gray, who are seven and five, and so it's like a new season of parenting as we enter like uh, elementary school and all the schedules that happen with school-aged kids. And we also have a crazy little dog named Poppy (laughs) who is over a year but still is a puppy. And I'm wondering when she will not be a puppy because she likes to chew on everything still. Um, But I'm the founder of the Kindred Collective. And that is a ministry that birthed out of this place like I was kind of talking about of just wanting to dig into scripture and understand it for myself. And I was... um, a Christian and a believer that read Scripture but never really was taught how to do it. Mm-hmm. And so some things happened in my life that really shook me and um, Kindred kind of birthed from it, realizing that I needed to like get into the Word for myself and not just rely on what my pastor was telling me mm-hmm. or even um, the podcast I was listening to or the book I was reading was telling me, like, what does the Word of God tell me? I was very intimidated, mm-hmm. um, don't have a religious studies background, seminary, any of that. Um, definitely am not like a Bethmore mm-hmm. or someone who's been. So influential in my life. And so you can come to scripture very intimidated and overwhelmed. And so I was like, surely there's a better way to do this. So I started researching, asking mentors, um, how do they read scripture? How do they practice this? How are like certain things that I like from like inductive studies? Like, what is it that really helps me when I look at studying scripture that's not so overwhelming Mm -hmm. where you're spending like hours and hours and hours Mm -hmm. studying like Greek and Hebrew. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's where the Kindred Collective came from. And we offer resources, book resources, digital resources, blog resources, um, with the goal of getting women in the word so that they are connected to the character of God. And I believe if we believe who God says he is and what he says he is, then we can start to believe who he says we are. Yeah. And then if we can believe who we say we are, we can start to live out a beautiful uh, purpose that he has for us, then a redemption story for all of us. Um, So, yeah, that's what the Kindred Collective yeah. is about and who I am. Yep. That's why I wanted to have Jess on here
1: today and we're talking – Practically about how I read the Bible, and I know that we've done a bunch of podcasts already about interpretation and um, how the Holy Spirit helps us um, with our understanding of the Bible. Also about the background of the Bible. So those are some of the podcasts we've already covered so far. Today we're hoping to give you some really practical tips because. Those are the resources that Jess uh, and the Kindred Collective provide, and you've done a James, and then you've done First Peter, uh, two studies. Mm-hmm. Do you, you are you working on another one now? Or
2: yes, my hope is to have uh, First, Second, Third John okay. available by summer. So wow, and then maybe in the near future, or after that, I guess not near future. Romans. Okay. Start tackling that. Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, Romans, I feel like you could do like 10 books on Romans.
2: (laughs) Right. Which the beauty, I have to like always, I'm intimidated now still to even say something like that. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, the whole point of it is not for you to read my words. It's for you to like have a tool to get you in scripture Mm -hmm. and read God's words. So, yeah. And then the pressure's off. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, so, and then just, uh, you also love to do things like travel. Yes.
2: We, um, my husband and I value traveling. We love it. Um, if you know me or if you don't know me and follow along on Instagram, you'll see that's usually what makes it to my Instagram page other mm-hmm. than my kids. We love it. It's a value of ours. We also love like game nights and having people over. And usually these things are centered around a table and food. And uh, yeah, those are being with my people, traveling and eating are like my favorite things to do. And then recently, last few years getting into yoga and Mm -hmm. just like the practice of being present and um, that's a really hard thing for me, and so I love a really hard yoga class where all you can practice all you can focus on is your breath and so you're fully present. Mm-hmm. Um, so I
1: love that too. yeah, I love yoga. It's so good for me. It helps me calm my mind down. Yeah. Um and then also when I'm sitting in there I'm working so hard at exercising but and I'm thinking about my breath but then I find myself also thinking about other things oh. so <laughs> <laughs> I try not to but it's just part of my brain how it works. <laughs> um so Jess and I I just wanted to start with how we started reading the Bible when I was little. I remember some of the things that introduced me into loving scripture uh where the CD covers on some of my music, mm-hmm. I literally would get them out and read the lyrics. And then now this was a while ago, you know, back in the 1900s. they You could open the glass, <laughs> my husband would say, you could open the cover, you could read the lyrics and then a lot of times they would have a verse at the end. Or, oh, yeah. or a chapter. Mm-hmm. And so I'd say, ooh, this uh, song is based on this chapter of the Bible. And so I it's would... It's like mind-blowing.
2: Yeah. I had the same what? experience.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they wrote a song based on the Bible. You, you know? can do that? <laughs> yeah. So I would open it up and then I'd actually turn to that scripture and read it and actually made that scripture or that song more impactful in my Mm -hmm. soul. So that's one thing that I did. Another thing that I remember was um, I had a youth pastor who um, invited me into this like secret society. No, just kidding. (laughs) But like this smaller group of students who um, he thought were really serious about their walk. And so we would go in there and memorize chapters of scripture. Wow. It was really hard. Um, but it was something I was dedicated to and I, I loved that. Um, I went on from that to things like, uh, college groups, um, you know, prayer times and, but then all of those things I was involved in were teaching me scriptures in ways that I didn't know that they were. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I was very legalistic at that point in my life and so I got up every morning and read my Bible, whether I fell asleep or not, I was going to do it. Um, and and maybe that seems legalistic. I think it actually created a tradition in my heart and in my habits that ended up producing fruit. But the method and the motive behind why I did it was probably a little bit more... Um, <laughs> God, did you see what I did today? I read your word. Now are you going to reward me on this test that I take? (laughs) (laughs) You know, So maybe my heart motive wasn't completely genuine, but I'm not going to look down on the fact that somehow I got into the habit and it was good for me.
2: Yeah. I think it's beautiful to think that you can be disciplined in an area and then the heart can come later. Mm -hmm. And like the Lord can always transform a heart. And so... I don't think it was for nothing, Mm -hmm. and it's cool that you can, like, see how that was really beneficial to you. Mm -hmm. Had a similar experience. I went to Christian school growing up in elementary school, and we had to read. um, We had, like, Bible classes and stuff like that, but we had to memorize Scripture. And I remember, like, having to memorize Scripture for a test and not connecting to it at all Mm -hmm. and just being like, oh, my gosh, please, (laughs) I just need to, like memorize this so I can get a 100 and uh stressing out about it not like I said not connecting to it it was literally for a grade and now like years later that is I can remember it mm-hmm. it's hidden in my heart I also had to like memorize like Shakespeare in <laughs> high school and I cannot remember a word of that Wow! and it's so interesting to me mm-hmm. um just how like active and living the word of God is and it's not going to return void and it's not for nothing because mm-hmm. like that's the thing i can remember but i cannot remember romeo and julia mm-hmm. to save my life yep. um yep i also had a similar um instance with music and my mind was blown when i was even with worship songs not mm-hmm. just like other christian artists but worship songs i can just remember i think it was like Matt Redmond, blessed be the name of the Lord, he gives and takes away. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know it was Job. And then when I found out it was Job, my mind was blown. And then that began the journey of like realizing that there's actual scripture in (laughs) songs, Mm -hmm. which sounds so elementary. But we all have that discovery, I think, as uh, believers on our walk. And Mm -hmm. it's really cool.
1: Yeah, I think it's important to look back and... Maybe, I don't know. I feel like when you grow, maybe you look back and you think some things were silly or foolish, but mm-hmm. um, I always have to tell myself we only know what we know at the time that we know it. Yeah. And we shouldn't look back in shame on anything, even mistakes that we've made. I can think of some sermons mm, that I preached <laughs> um, that maybe weren't so accurate. Like, <laughs> specifically, I know there was a winter conference where I preached on Psalms.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and it it wasn't good when I think about it now like I think I said I think this is real like David's on the mountain and this and this water's coming down and there's this flood and I'm like this has to be real but I mean Psalms is actually poetry yeah. <laughs> and probably the lightning wasn't coming and God's not actually reaching down his hand <laughs> like and I think to myself oh man and I made such a mistake, and then I think to myself, but God can fix that mistake. If I Mm -hmm. taught anything slightly inaccurate in that scripture, then God can go back, and there's so much grace for that. So Mm -hmm. it's scary um, to read the Bible and feel like you might get it wrong, but then also there's so much grace in who God is, and I can think of much worse mistakes that he's had to fix (laughs) within scripture alone than me maybe misinterpreting whether a psalm that David wrote was actually literal or not, right? You know? Yeah. Um, and that it's shameful. It feels shameful even for me to admit that. But I'm mm-hmm. a person who makes mistakes and we all
2: are. Yeah. You know? And we're always learning and mm-hmm. we never arrive. And it it is a heavy weight to be like sitting here talking about this because we're not experts. Mm-hmm. But we are women who are actively like seeking the Lord and the Holy Spirit and you know begging him to like teach us Mm -hmm. and he will. And so I get that. Well,
1: uh, there's a few things that we want to share with you guys today. First, we want to emphasize the fact that we believe the Bible is not a formula, which we read in order to make our lives work, but rather it's a real story of real people experiencing our real God. And I think that's so important because if we look at the Bible as a formula to make our lives work, then what about when it feels like it's not working or you have a situation like Job where things do feel like they're falling apart and you're saying, God, I've done all these things. Mm. Why does it seem like my, God, my life's not working? Um, but the book of Job basically is he's discovering a new thing about who God is mm. in that moment. Probably every person in that story is understanding God in a new way, you know, that God doesn't work according to a formula, Mm -hmm. that the Bible is to learn who he is. Um, The other thing that we wanted to talk about today is specifically that the Bible is written from different literary perspectives to specific audiences. And just like I mentioned before, the Psalms are poetry and uh and they're not necessarily meant to be read literally mm-hmm like I said before, that probably these things that David's writing about, if this—if a storm's coming and God's reaching down his hand, it's probably not a literal thing that's <laughs> happening, but that David feels as if he's surrounded by a storm and God is the only one who can rescue him out of it. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be very careful in how we read the Bible and what perspective we take on it so that we don't take it out of context. And just I know we were talking a little bit on uh, how the Bible can sometimes remind us a little bit of the game of telephone.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that game is so funny because it, without a fail, you get it wrong. I feel like, especially mm-hmm. if you have a lot of people. And so it's like the idea of the phrase is, I love you to the moon and back. And then by the end, it's, I went to the moon and back. <laughs> In very, like, slightly different but just enough different to be completely different, you Mm -hmm. know? And so scripture can be like that as well, where you can be reading something and it's saying one thing, but you're literally um, hearing another. Mm -hmm. And whether that's we're rushing through it or maybe we never read it and it's something someone else is telling us, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, And I think it's so important to not take verses out of context, uh, pigeonholing them and just... um, saying this is what this is saying by reading the one verse you have to read like more than one verse. I would encourage you to read the whole chapter, Mm -hmm. the whole book, maybe in the book before, depending on where it is in scripture. If it goes together, especially like the old Testament or something. Um, Because if you don't, you're going to, you're going to lose the intended meaning Mm -hmm. of what you're reading. It's going to morph over time um it's gonna become like this surface level thing and you're gonna miss the depth of what is trying to be like shared. Mm-hmm. And for one example, and sometimes this happens when you're reading too quickly, or maybe you never read it and it's something you heard. So for example, I think of the phrase you're a doubting Thomas. Mm-hmm. And you all could probably think, okay, yeah, that's true. Like, that happened in Scripture. Thomas was a disciple of Jesus who, when Jesus' resurrected body appeared to the disciples, he wasn't in the room. And so when they told, they as in the disciples, told Thomas that Jesus is resurrected, we saw him, he's like, no, I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. And then he is now coined the doubter. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> and like the doubting Thomas and don't be a doubting Thomas. Mm-hmm. And those are things like that are said in our culture today. Mm-hmm. And when you look at scripture, you realize specifically about Thomas that he was not the only one who doubted. Mm-hmm. He actually um, was like one of many who doubted. Yeah. And you have to like slow that down because if you start to believe that he is the only one that doubted and he is doubting Thomas, there's like shame there Mm. of like, that's who you are. That is your character, not just that you doubted. Um, And so I just wanted to read John 20, 24 through 29. um, When Jesus appeared to the disciples after his resurrection and Thomas doubted by asking to see Jesus' scars Um, The scripture says, Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I have seen the nail marks in the hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in their house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. Um, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Pause. Okay. I know. <laughs> Back to scripture. Yeah. Um, and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. And then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And that's beautiful because mm-hmm. he's talking about us. Yeah. And I love that so much. But yeah, Thomas influentially goes down in history as the one that doubted because of this specific chunk of scripture. Mm-hmm. But if you yeah. read previous verses in previous locations even, so like Matthew 28, 17, it talks about how they doubted um, they worshiped Jesus and doubted mm-hmm. after the resurrection. Mm-hmm. It says it just so quickly, like worshiped and doubted. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful, though, because one, Jesus isn't a God who like shames us mm-hmm. for our doubt mm-hmm. or disbelief. He is a God that is loving and caring and shows us. He like spent time. He came back and showed Thomas specifically. Yeah. And I love that. Um I believe that the Lord welcomes our doubt. and mm-hmm. like he's not upset with that. and he's not shaming of that. And I believe that faith and doubt can coexist. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shows that uh, shows that to us in Scripture, like the verse I read in matthew twenty eight seventeen where they worshipped and they doubted. Mm-hmm. It's like a coexisting thing. And yeah. it's not something that we have to, like separate. But we have to be so careful because something as small as saying that Thomas is doubting Thomas, we can start to believe this uh, characteristic of the Lord, that he is not happy with Thomas, that he doubted, and that there's shame there. And if we are to be like Thomas, then we are like shameful of our behavior too
1: does that make sense? right and I think it's this lens a lot of times that because we're so far removed maybe from the teachings or maybe because we've heard them so many times at least I do this categorizing things into good and bad right and wrong mm-hmm. Jesus liked this he didn't like this God likes this he doesn't like this but in reality if we go back to what we mentioned earlier is that scripture is not a formula to make our lives work but it's there are stories about our real God and real people to help us get to know who he is. Mm-hmm. And it's about that relationship. So are there ever times that I doubt my husband? Yes. Mm-hmm. I I disagree and I doubt, like, I doubt, I just have doubts with him. I'll have doubts with my kids. Like, I hope they're going to be okay. I hope they make the right decisions. Or I hope my husband... Um, isn't mad at me. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. mean doubt in the fact that I'm like going to leave my husband, but there is doubt in our relationship. There are questions is what I'm saying. Yeah. So if I, I can either act like those questions aren't there and just gloss over them, or my husband and I can talk about the things that we have conflict about. It's the same with God. And what I love is that all of the disciples doubted. They were confused about Jesus's resurrection. They didn't yeah. understand, first of all, why he even died. Right. And then when he's gone, they think he's left. And then when they hear that he's risen, who's going to believe that he's risen from the dead? That's, that, isn't, that wasn't the formula that they thought right. was supposed to happen. Far from it. Right? And so then the women come to them and say, we saw the Lord, he's risen. Peter goes to the tomb and he sees that the Lord is gone. Um, the disciples are all sitting here going, what is going on? And we would be doing the same thing. And For Jesus sure. appears to everyone, but Thomas doesn't happen to be there Mm-hmm. He shows who he is. He shows his scars and who he is to all the disciples. But Thomas misses out. Mm-hmm. So I think it's beautiful that when Thomas shows up, he's like, I want to see too. Right. It's like someone who all the kids got to see except Thomas. And so Thomas asks to see and Jesus says, look. Right. And and his phrase about, you're blessed because you believed. Um, you have seen me because you, you, you believe because you've seen me. That's okay. The statement after that is, blessed are those who have seen and yet, um, uh, who have not seen and yet believed. That wasn't necessarily a slam on Thomas. Right. Jesus is blessing us. He's saying, You're blessed because you've seen and believed, but guess what? There's going to be people that you're going to know, that you're going to influence. Who won't have seen me, and they're gonna believe through you. Right. And and what we know traditionally of Thomas is that once he, once the disciples split up and went to different nations, Thomas is the guy who, who, as far as we understand, ended up going to India and carrying the faith of Christ there,
2: yeah.
1: and the entire continent at that point was changed because if like the gospel was brought to India because Thomas went. It's amazing. So if we want to label someone a doubter and say like, oh, I don't want to be like Thomas the doubter, I'd be okay with being Thomas the doubter. He (laughs) he took the gospel to India, you know? And so when I think about these labels that we put on the people in the Bible, you know, Gideon could seem like a doubter. He tested God over and over again to make sure that he was hearing God correctly, mm-hmm. but he needed that to have the courage to risk his life and then to also ask an entire nation to risk its life to go to war God was asking him to go to war and he wanted to be sure that what he was doing was what God was asking him. And I think if we look at it in a logical perspective, in a reality situation, you and I would probably do exactly the same thing that Thomas and Gideon did in their situation. For sure.
2: And I think it's so important to remember, like, for me personally, I want to zoom out of the character of this human person, Thomas, even though I can relate totally. Mm-hmm. Um, the point of scripture is to like zoom in on God mm-hmm. and his character. Mm-hmm. And you need both because like I said, it can alter your view of God, mm-hmm. like how you believe he's like responding to Thomas or mm-hmm. like even just our cultural sayings. But what if we stopped zooming in on God Thomas being this doubter and zoomed in on Jesus being loving and caring mm-hmm. in our doubt or mm-hmm. in our um, disbelief. Like, wow, what if we just spent a moment thinking of God's character and how he responded to, to Thomas? Mm-hmm. Because when I stop and think of that, I'm overwhelmed. Like, mm-hmm. how loving and kind and how, as a parent, like, I want to be like that mm-hmm. and as um, of follower of jesus i want to view him like that mm-hmm. i don't want to view him i have to like rewrite it sometimes it's like subconsciously in there at times mm-hmm. um but view him as this god who is loving and, ca- and patient with me mm-hmm. and like caring to like show up again mm-hmm. and to specifically show him his scars and like to bless him mm-hmm. and like his blessing like you said doesn't take a like blessing us doesn't take away from blessing him, you know, mm-hmm. and um, that just takes slowing down. It also takes like actively viewing through a lens that God is good and loving and kind. Mm-hmm. And we know that to be true, but sometimes our lens just doesn't allow us to read these scriptures mm-hmm. in that way.
1: And that God's going to give us everything that we need, like scripture says, for life and godliness Yeah, to understand him. And in this moment, he knew that Thomas needed to see his scar, so he shows up. Yeah, because um, Thomas missed out, yeah. and Jesus made an extra effort to say, "Hey, he's there now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show up. There's grace in this situation." And Tom, you know, Thomas is the one um, where Jesus says, "Let's return back when Lazarus uh, is is dead, but only sleeping," according to Jesus, and Thomas is the one that speaks us up and says, I'll go back with you. Let's yeah. go. And um, and so we want to label him here as the doubter, but do we remember that he was the one that said, hey, I'm okay with going, even if it means our death, to yeah. go see this brother Lazarus because you said we need to go. Yeah. So when we talk about reading the full narrative of, of Scripture and understanding Thomas and Jesus' relationship, we need to look at more instances than, say, just one. Um, Jess, I love this example. Um, Thomas has definitely gotten a bad rap, I think, over the years. Um, And I think if we open our eyes, we'll see that maybe this isn't what was intended by the the story of his doubting. But maybe we were supposed to see that God is there in our doubt and Mm -hmm. he welcomes it and he will help us with it. So guys, we're going to take a quick break right now. And when we come back, um, Jess is going to tell us a little bit more about her Kindred Collective study on James and give us some practical tips for Bible study.
2: Crossroads Summer Camp has been providing an exceptional summer camp experience to students and their leaders since 1996. Held in Anderson, South Carolina, Crossroads aims not only to be the most fun week of the summer, but our primary goal is to create an environment for each camper to be seen, known, and have a life-changing encounter with God. We bring in dynamic speakers, including Clayton and Shari, great worship leaders, and a huge selection of activities for any teenager in your student ministry. So head to CrossroadsSummerCamp.com to learn more and register your group. See you this summer!
1: Hello friends, welcome back to episode 62 with my friend Jess Brock. We're talking about practical tips for personal and group Bible study. And Jess is gonna give us just a few tips for reading your Bible first, and then we're going to move into her describing her specific study on James and how it's organized and why I think you need to pick one up from the Kindred Collective. So (laughs) Jess, will you just give us a few tips on how you do your Bible study and um, kind of like how you moved from feeling like you didn't understand the Bible to starting to read it in a really simple way?
2: Yes, I think... um, I think the first thing I would say is like you have to take the pressure off of yourself of knowing it all and even on honestly understanding it all because it is going to be a continual um, state of learning. It's going to be a continual building upon and that's good and you're not you shouldn't expect something out of yourself if you're just now opening your Bible and reading it and it's okay if it's overwhelming and so I think my first thing I would suggest is to, yes, read Scripture by yourself, individually have a study, but also discuss with a group. Mm-hmm. Because I think it helps with accountability, but it also helps with like understanding mm-hmm. of just people who have maybe gone before you, um, depending on where you are in your walk with the Lord and your study of Scripture. Because, like I said, it's continual learning and building upon. So with that, for an individual study, I recommend if you're going to pick up, let's say, the book of James, I would recommend reading through the whole book or listening because I think you can do that too. Or read and listen at yeah, the same time. <laughs> all the things. Um, it's so great. Technology is really wonderful. We have lots of uh, ways we can do that, but read through the whole thing. And then if you're going to start uh, with... A verse, I would read that whole chapter. And personally, I like to read or listen to multiple translations. So maybe I start with the ESV and then there's some verses that I'm like, I have no clue what they're talking about. I may pick another translation like the NIV, or you could even do like the message, even though a lot of people consider the message a commentary, but it's a great tool. It helps you understand. Um, the verses that are maybe a little more tricky because mm-hmm. they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh personally, once I do that, if I'm going to start with a chapter, like a chunk in a chapter, I want to summarize what I just read. So I'm going to read it and then I'm going to write out what I just learned. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like English 101 mm-hmm. reading comprehension. But it's really helpful tool, especially in the Bible, because if you can like explain to someone what you just read, that means you're understanding it. And yeah. so I like to summarize it. I like to redo the titles. I think um, I think titles are really helpful, but I want to know what the main point is that I got out of what I just read. Mm-hmm. And so I retitle it and I summarize it. I also if I want to go deeper, it all all these things can layer upon each other. So if you don't have time, then just listen to the Bible or mm-hmm. read the Bible. And then if you have more time, summarize it. And if you have more time, cross-reference, which means there's especially in the New Testament, a lot of the New Testament is referring to verses in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. So go read those verses, see what they're talking about. And yes, this takes a lot of time. And I think that's the thing. You have to come um, to the scripture reading, knowing that you don't know it all and that it's going to be hard and it will take a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but also know that it's totally worth it. You walk away with a deeper connection with our Lord. Um and like I said earlier, like the more we know about him, the more we know about ourselves and who he says we are, and the w- more that we can live out intended purposes for our lives. Mm-hmm. And so I would uh, cross-reference, look at commentaries, which are basically scholars uh, breaking down scripture who actually study this and the Greek and Hebrew and all the things. Very mm-hmm. Usually it's very specific and really helpful. Um, write down your questions, write down what you're learning about the Lord. That's like probably the biggest thing, read Mm -hmm. it and walk away of what did I learn about the Lord? Because Mm -hmm. that's the whole point of reading scripture. It's not necessarily to learn about ourselves. It's to learn about the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, like I said, write your questions down, ask your questions to someone. And if they don't know it, ask it to someone else and It's just a continual learning. Jess,
1: that's so good. I know I've had so many questions over the years, and I've been afraid to ask questions sometimes to people. And I hope that the listeners out there who feel like they can't ask questions are listening to this podcast realizing how many questions we've had mm-hmm. and how much we've had to go back and figure out how to read the Bible. I mean, how do you read the Bible? That's what this podcast se- season is about. That is a question in and of itself. So... um can, I know you have a few other tools that you use. I know one of them is a study Bible. I remember when I got my first study Bible, a mentor in college bought me a study Bible, and it has what you're talking about, the cross-references. It had a column in the middle so that mm-hmm. I could look up verses that certain verses were referring to. It also had small little commentaries at the bottom, yeah. and it was one of the biggest treasures of a gift that I got, even though she got me a pink Bible I wouldn't have chosen pink but this stuff inside was really important I still have it today Uh, what are some other tools that you would recommend
2: Um, one thing that I did forget to mention that I think you have already talked about in previous podcasts but just knowing the background of like what the book is you're reading and who Mm -hmm. wrote it and why they wrote it Mm -hmm. that's really important study Bibles also have that Mm -hmm. which is really great and that's usually the page you skip to get to like the main scripture but go back and read it because it can be really enlightening um, and put into context what you're about to read mm-hmm. so i love a study bible i also um if you maybe don't want to spend money on resources like that there's a lot of great free online resources mm-hmm. that you can do bible hub is one of them i think blue letters is another one mm-hmm. there's a lot of great uh free online resources that also have the tools that a study Bible and would the have. Bible app. Yeah, that's easy. You can get Bible Hub and Bible app. You can
1: get on your phone too. Yeah,
2: and I love the Bible app because they have plans that you can do. And so right now, I'm uh, my personal goal for 2020 is to read through the whole Bible. I've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> I've read. I've read like I think the whole Bible, mm-hmm. but not in like chronological order. Mm -hmm. So I'm using a plan in the Bible app. Um, It's actually Tara Lee Cobbles, the Bible recaps plan. And it's awesome because it's daily broken down as to what I'm supposed to read. And then she has a podcast that she recaps what you just read. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. It literally, I can push play and the Bible reads to me. Then I can go over to the podcast and she recaps Um, So meaning she'll go deeper into things and like they also offer great resources. Mm -hmm. If you want to go deeper, depending on your season of study, I also would recommend great resources that you have. Um, I know you and Clayton have one on Proverbs and James Mm -hmm. that is specifically diving into scripture. The Kindred Collective has one on James and also first Peter. And like I said, we're hopefully having two more come out this year. Um, And then just starting a Bible study group with a group of people that you're in community with, Mm -hmm. no matter the season you're in, I'm sure you can find one through your church. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are all really helpful and great resources with uh, learning how to study the Bible and then also just accountability in it because it can be daunting and overwhelming yeah. at times. So it's better to do it together, I think.
1: Yeah, and if you haven't ever joined a group and you're scared to join a group of people who are reading the Bible together because you're scared of what you do or don't know, I've been there. <laughs> I don't know if you've been there before too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and even if you move to a new place and this is the first time you've done this, Um, It can be just scary to walk into a group of people, but I will say this, every time I've done this, the Lord's given me a partner or somebody, and it doesn't mean I didn't have to reach out and say hi and make myself vulnerable, but to say hi to someone, to connect with them, and then to ask them, you know, almost... Can we hang out? Will you be my friend? You yeah. know, and um, to make it feel a little bit more comfortable to be in a group with women studying yes. the Bible, or other people. Maybe it's a um, it's a small group of families, like couples, that can be fun too. But I really think it's a great bonding experience to do it with a, another a, a group of ladies as well. So Jess, why don't we just pull out your kindred collective? resource that you have on James. And I just want you to walk us through, if I buy this resource and I'm trying to do it for myself, what is it? How do you walk me through reading the book of
2: James? Um, for sure. So here's our book for James. It's a great tool. Um, when you open it up, the first thing that you're going to see are some study skills. And basically it's what we talked about during this podcast. Mm -hmm. It just goes a little more in depth. Um, But pretty much everything we said is listed in study skills and it just is teaching you um, what you should do in moving forward. And the beauty of it is, is you get to choose. You Mm -hmm. don't have to use this book and do all the study skills, but I encourage you to do at least two reading it listening to it, writing it, whatever is going to be most beneficial for you in your season and what you have time for. Mm-hmm. And then the next uh, thing that we think is really important is background information, so it's going to tell you some background information specifically for this book on James um, who wrote the book of James. I had no clue Mm -hmm. (laughs) I thought it was James one of the disciples Mm -hmm. of Jesus well spoiler (laughs) it's his half brother yeah (laughs) so that perspective alone is like wow it changed the book of James for me um and it's going to tell you about James why you wrote it who you wrote it to what kind of book this is in um literary scripture I guess um, so you have a cheat sheet in the beginning. Yes. to kind of helps
1: start you start people out so yes. that they know who they're reading about, what time frame it is, all of that. I love it.
2: Right. And if you want to go deeper, you can, but this is just like basics, basics. And then day one of every week, this is a six week study. It's going to start with scripture. And as you can see, It is just scripture with Mm -hmm. no titles, because we want you to title it, and we want you to summarize it, and we leave room for you to mark all over, to summarize on the side, and I think that's really great, because before these books were created, I would always print out my scripture, Mm -hmm. and it would be pieces of paper, and I'd be writing all over it, questions, circling, all the things, and for whatever reason, I just didn't want to do that to my Bible. Yeah. And maybe part of that is my Bible wasn't big enough (laughs) for all my questions or all my arrows moving back and forth. And so uh, we wanted to just provide a space for you to just mark all over this book. And hopefully when you're done, you look back and you can just see um, questions being answered as you Mm -hmm. continue to read and main things like God's character being just like revealed to you as you study And like I said, it's a six-week study, and there's five days, so that's day one. Day two is going to be observation questions and prayer of just what are you learning about the character of the Lord as you're reading this. Day three is going to be journal questions and call to action, so moving from just learning about Scripture to what are you going to do now that you know this, Mm because there should always be some kind of action behind Mm -hmm. uh, what you're learning. Day four, we provide blank space for you to write out scripture, which is going to help with memorizing um, the word and getting it into your heart. Another way of just understanding and comprehending it. Mm -hmm. And then day five is the, I think, the easiest day. It's a devotional um, where it just goes into maybe a specific part of the passage you read. And we also have blog resources That accompany these books Mm -hmm. that are kind of like the devotions, but maybe a specific passage of scripture to just add on to it. Awesome. And you guys, will
1: you just uh, give your handles on social media and how people can find you on the internet?
2: So on Instagram, it's the Kindred underscore collective. And you can also find us on Facebook. And then our website where you can purchase um, these books and our other resources, it's thekindred-collective.com.
1: Awesome, Jess. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I know that people are going to love this um, James study and your First Peter study. I have writing all on the side of mine, so I'm so glad you had the margins there. And uh, if you guys... Want to get in touch with Jess? She's told you how. I hope this episode has been useful and encouraging to you, and we hope we've given you some little secrets for your big breakthrough in your Bible reading. This season 11 on How to Read the Bible will be continuing, so be sure to tune in for all the remaining episodes. Thank you so much. We hope that you will overcome this Monday.
0: We're thankful that you chose to listen to Overcoming Monday, a production of Clayton King Ministries. This podcast happens because of you, and there are three ways that you can help us reach even more people one be sure to share us with your friends and follow shari on facebook instagram and twitter at shari king 99 the second way is that you can also make a tax deductible donation to clayton king ministries a 501c3 nonprofit at claytonking.com give and third of course subscribe to our podcast get on your favorite podcast platform and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode And for more encouragement to move you forward in your faith, check out Shari's amazing blog at sharikeen.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope that we've given you something to help overcome this Monday.